Welcome to Intro to Briscoe. I'm Matt, and joining me is fellow Briscoe fan Melanie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> along, along with us, we've got newbie co-host Will mm. and Caitlin. <gasps> oh my, apathetic. Uh, and today we're joined by our special guest, <laughs> Jeff Hill. Please be excited. <laughs> I'm excited, yes. <laughs> All right. Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Uh, uh, <laughs> All right, so, uh, Jeff, have you seen Briscoe before? I have never seen it before, but I'd heard about it uh, back in the day, but never really got a chance to, like, check it out or anything. Okay. How are you liking it so far? Um, uh, it's kind of hard for me to get through. Mm-hmm. Um. I watched the pilot in a few of the episodes, but um, some of them I like skipped. I was just having a hard time, um, <laughs> like keeping interest in it. Yeah, and I know it's like keeping interest in me. <laughs> not your it's, so it's, it's it's all right. So it's not your cup of tea so far, huh? No. <laughs> well, that sucks. Oh well. Can't can't get every uh, every viewer. <laughs> nope. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Um, so I think there is a slight delay on you, Jeff, but we'll work through it. All right. So the high point and the low point of the previous episode. Oh, we got another tie for the high point. Oh, um, my gosh. The high point of episode 10, the tie is uh, between Seamus's choice of Dunkin' Donuts and Caitlin's choice of Briscoe putting a bullet down the chamber of Utah Johnny Montana's gun. Did I vote? I don't think you voted. Do you want to I can break untie the tie. it right now. I can break the tie, except I'm not on Facebook right now. Well, just tell me. Uh, come on. Ah. Seamus <laughs> isn't here. You can pick for uh, Caitlin's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would agree. All right, Caitlin wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> and um, the low point, uh, the winner is Will's choice of Olaf kissing Annie. You kissing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, recap this episode of uh, it's called Deep in the Heart of Dixie. All right. So we begin, and uh, Briscoe's giving Socrates advice on ladies at the Horseshoe Club, or they're coming out of the Horseshoe Club. Let's talk about this scene here. <laughs> Did they actually mention who they were talking about in this scene? Who Socrates likes? Uh, yeah, they said the boss's secretary. I don't uh, know if they okay. said her name or not. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I don't think they said her name. Yeah, but apparently Socrates has never been on a date. <laughs> Are we surprised? No. No. <laughs> what was that, Jeff? Uh, no, I was just agreeing. Okay. Same. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, so some dudes ambush what appears to be the back of Dixie's head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you never see her face. <laughs> it could have very well been a uh, a stand-in. I'm sure it was time. a stand-in. Yeah. Like I don't. Speaking of stand-ins, there's a part later on where we'll get to, which <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were using a stand-in for who or Briscoe. Oh, okay. <laughs> or maybe uh, you know, I, to me it looked think, like. Yeah, there was a point where there's a stunt. Where I think they were using both Dixie and Briscoe stand-ins. Right. I'm think I'm not sure if it was a man that was pretending to be Dixie in that case or not. Um. So Briscoe shoots a guy in the leg. Um, right in the kneecap. Right, yeah. No blood, though. No. Um, 
I didn't see them take Dixie, and when they go in there, she's not there. So what? Like what happens? I thought Dixie she took was off kidnapped. on her own. Yeah. Well, At first, I thought she was kidnapped, but the second time, I realized. Oh. Yeah. I thought it was a whole. At first, first I was thinking it was a whole setup just for Briscoe or something, hmm. and that it was like a stage kidnapping. But then he didn't see her take her away. But then she disappeared. So maybe it was like oh, big conspiracy. Yeah. Maybe just to tr- trick Briscoe, but yeah. I don't know, like, if if they had got her, that would have been the end of the story, and they just would have killed her. But, uh, yeah, they don't have her. I don't know what happened, how she escaped. Flew away, I guess. Um, she just, like, uh, got out and started flit- flittering around her curls like a helicopter. And- <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um... So, uh, in the next scene, I guess, uh, Briscoe's, at, after the credits, Briscoe's discovering this talking machine that plays back your words for you. Coming thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, although I think this one might not be, like, out, out of time. Go ahead. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just... No, I didn't know they were having a cylinder at first. I thought they, it was, like, a regular record player. Yeah. Well, I think, I think they began on cylinders, and then... <laughs> transition to records <laughs> eventually <laughs> yeah yeah but i don't think this is out of time this one probably wikipedia says the phonograph was introduced in 1877 oh so it's actually late <laughs> but maybe maybe it's the i don't know wax cylinders are specific to a certain time yeah maybe either way it's not a ridiculous thing like a tank back then or something uh, i want to listen to the same song over and over again <laughs> everybody Dixie Cousins would. Yeah, Dixie. <laughs> no, she just sings the same song over and over again. Well, this will this will save her time because now she can just play it and lip sync to the same song over and she over. She was already again. doing that though. <laughs> <laughs> she was already privy. Billy Vanilla of her time. Yeah. <laughs> she was already privy to this technology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so they fill uh, Briscoe in that the uh, one of the guys running for president was caught making a deal with Bly on one of these wax cylinders and Dixie has it for some reason and she asked the bankers for help yeah she was the guy's paramour and I guess that's how she got it ah uh, yes I- right she's everyone's paramour <laughs> um <clears throat> so uh character's name is Winston Smiles Winston I, Smiles I love that name <laughs> Introduced to him a bit later, I think. Yeah, but yeah. they still mention his name. Mm. Winston Smiles. <laughs> You're smiling as I say it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Such an awesome villain. Yeah. Um, so Miss Avnet comes in and takes Mr. Cartwright away. Um, then we we go to U.S. Attorney Breakstone coming upon uh, Lord Bowler on the street. <laughs> we talked ridiculous. about... Have we talked about who plays Brightstone? Yeah. Brickstone? Yeah, because it seems familiar. I probably just don't remember what you said. Um, I think I said he's, he didn't do very much. <laughs> uh, Ashby Adams. Yeah, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight credits. Uh, um, five of them are before Briscoe and two of them are after. <laughs> <laughs> So, His last thing was in '97. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is a shame because I think he's a like a decent actor. Yeah. Judging from this, I thought he was delightful. <laughs> he's doing his he's doing his best uh, uh, Rod Serling impression. 
Um, what do you guys think of this scene with Lord Bowler and Breakstone in the, the cabbie here? Yeah, I like how Bowler, you know, once again was ready to agree once he got offered the money. He must be swimming in money like Scrooge McDuck. I tell you, he's the richest man in the West right now. <laughs> I think you may be right. <laughs> mm, I want to see. I want to see Bowler's like personal vault. Yeah, money bin. <laughs> you want to see him attempt to swim through yes, the gold coins and break his face on the I pile do. of gold no. coins. <laughs> So, which do you think is his original identity? Hmm. I hope, I hope it's Lord Bowler, because that's the best name. <laughs> I feel like None of the above. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like he needs to have, like, a, a mysterious name. Maybe maybe it is Joe Echo Hawk, because that does sound a little bit Cherokee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I loved... I loved... <laughs> I loved how Bowler was chewing Comet's favorite apple right before the mm. scene started there. And he just, like, pockets it as he gets into the, the wet station wet, or stage wagon. Yeah. yeah. It's totally gonna get all brown and mushy by the time Comet gets it. Comet doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> Except it was nice and fresh. I was watching that apple. It was preserved. <laughs> oh, Pest- it's something about Buller's pockets. No, it's not the pesticides. It's his pockets. <laughs> the coming thing, pesticides. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Mm, irradiated. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> um, Jeff, you got anything? I know you're probably struggling to catch up with your delay here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, I don't know, man. I'm just... <laughs> it, 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 it was just part of the... That, that whole of the show I didn't really care about so I was kind of like tuning in and out of it I mean I watched this like last night mm-hmm. at like midnight and I was kind of like awake awake half asleep tired just <laughs> it just I, I just couldn't get into it yeah. I, I'm still feeling the effects from you know this past weekend so yeah mm-hmm. I'm like <sighs> so like which character is your favorite to watch or do you have a favorite I mean, I like Lord Bowler, but um, it's just, uh, I don't know, man. Hard to keep up. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking add nothing so far. <laughs> hey, you're, you're, you're giving us an opinion we haven't got so far. That's great. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, which is none. <laughs> don't worry about it. Um so, um, yeah, they give Bowler a job to find Dixie, a.k.a. Myra Simon. <laughs> um, they give Bowler a badge as well. He's an agent of the government. Yeah. I'm really surprised he didn't do more with this. <laughs> yeah, I try to use the badge more. Exploit its power. Yeah. He only exploits the power of cash. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't really have time to do much with it, I guess, because he had, he had a task to do. Yeah. It's not like he could go off on, like, jaunts, like, discovering, like, the creator of, like, Dunkin' Donuts this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I may have missed something, but how did, uh, how did Briscoe determine that Dixie was at a club in Pasadena? Well, they suspected that she had gone down there. I think they mentioned that city when they were talking about her earlier. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. All right, well, he finds her in Pasadena very easily. <laughs> we'll assume he's just an excellent tracker, too. Like, he talked to people, you know. Yeah. Looked, yeah, whatever. Police work, detective work, whatever. That works. Uh, Dixie's in disguise with a different hair and a different song. 
Yay! Wow, it's completely so- threw everybody off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She's kind of like. Um, oh yeah. She this uh, black-haired persona is her kind of like uh, Chris Gaines <laughs> persona to uh, Garth Brooks's <laughs> <laughs> regular persona. Nice man. Nice reference. <laughs> Why Quinn Clark Kent puts on his glasses? Yeah, you don't know he's Superman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Briscoe grabs her off the stage and brings her upstairs. Um, she apparently hid the cylinder in a mission. There's a story behind that. We'll get to later. She was on her way to Jalisco. Yeah, going back down there. Um. <laughs> So, uh, Mr. Smiles is cooking for his goons. <laughs> and he has an accent. Yes. And he's played by David Warner. Love Yay. David Warner. Yeah. He is a delight. Yep. <laughs> Although I was expecting him to, like, turn around at some point and, like, wearing shades and, like, ripping the shades off and having the pink eye just, like, in Twin Peaks. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. That's who I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Thomas Eckhart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. He was in one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, really? Yeah. The one where Captain Picard gets captured and tortured by the Cardassians. It's the Cardassian guy. Okay. Uh, he's in a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. There's a lot of delightful pictures of him on IMDb. <laughs> like very 70s pictures. There's one of, <laughs> one picture where he's like playing a native. It looks really weird. Just like in the native getup. Like, mm. <laughs> bring the feathers and everything. Remember when that sheet of glass decapitated him in the omen? <laughs> no, I forgot about that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> was it the omen? Or was it... Might have been, yeah. It was... Who did he play in that? Uh, what's the one with Damien? Is that the yeah, omen? Yeah, that's the omen. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um... At first, I was like, "Oh, this is this guy's the best uh, like villain boss ever. He cooks meals for his thugs." That's so nice. But then, like part like pheasant. Pheasant, yeah, it's very oh, nice. Fancy. Probably caught it with his bare hands too. Probably. <laughs> he probably assassinated it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but instead, he kills one of his men for failing, <laughs> which is a very cliched villain villain thing to do. And I don't know why you would ever work for a guy like that. Do you think that once one guy got killed, everybody else would go looking for a new job? There's got to be something better, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if you're a villain, you really need to stick with, like, I don't know, the toughest on the street. I think if you got in his way and you weren't working for him, he'd probably kill you, too. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I think Caitlin knows. She knows. <laughs> Trust Caitlin. Do you have goons of your own? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Remember, Matt, Caitlin, uh, the sword fights. That's, that's true. <laughs> She's got the secret path. Who's your arch? Who's your arch nemesis, Caitlin? Who's the good guy to your 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 bad guy persona? <laughs> no, you better be careful. It might be you. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Briscoe and Dixie are on the trail, um, and they come across Lord Bowler. <laughs> Ray. Ray. <laughs> That's some really good tracking. I mean, they were, like, way in the bush. Mm, yeah. Fuller is the best at that. 
and he tracked. But, but that's funny because you're, we're saying he's a really good tracker, but he was pretty much lost too. And he also came from the other direction. <laughs> yeah, like, so. he was like tracking ahead of them. No, wait, <laughs> you're gonna be here. Yeah, but I don't think either of them were really lost. They just wanted to didn't want to go on the main trail. Mm. They just both knew this same back out, uh, back country trail. What <laughs> they said they did. Yeah. Were you guys surprised when uh, Bowler pulled a fast one on Briscoe there? It, no. <laughs> it, they've been so buddy-buddy lately, I didn't expect that. I was expecting him to knock out Briscoe, but I guess they're kind of friends, so he just like whipped his saddle off. Yeah, they haven't really been like set against each other since the pilot. It's true. Mm. But it's still like, like it's still like they're even still now like discussing, you know, like skipping ahead the relationship and <laughs> what the status of it is and <laughs> that was so cute <laughs> I know <laughs> but they're like yeah like I feel like it's it's been up in the air for quite a few episodes now it's like make up your mind it's a real will they won't they relationship yes oh <laughs> <laughs> exactly aww mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Bowler knocks Briscoe off his horse and grabs Dixie and runs off. And he gets like two feet and he runs into Smiles' uh, Smiles's trap. Okay, that really pissed me off though when he grabbed her and he ran off. And she was like, help, Briscoe. I'm like, why don't you just jump off your horse? She was like friggin' olive oil. Yes! Help, Papa! Help, Papa! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Spaghetti arms. Yeah. Spaghetti arms. <laughs> <laughs> spaghetti arms right <laughs> Uh, but Briscoe comes to the rescue, um, and they leave Bowler behind. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would know. What about Bowler? They just <laughs> forgot about yeah. him. Uh, they don't even give a shit. Yeah, but I guess they, yeah, they don't give a shit. Bowler just betrayed them. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> leave him there to rot. <laughs> Poor guy. But this is a family show, so he's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Showtime, he would have died probably. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they come up to a train, and uh, as they get on the train, they have to leave Comet behind. Oh, so sad. So, so this was the point when they're riding, trying to catch up with the cha- train, where I think they had a stuntman for Bruce Campbell, and I was trying to tell if it was a guy with a wig playing Dixie on the horse or not. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> on the horse, or are you talking about when they traverse the top of the train? Or? Oh, on the horse, when they're trying to catch up with the train, getting ready to jump. Did you figure it out? Did you figure it out? Did you... Oh, no, I'm not sure. I was, I was looking closely about it. I feel like rewinding again. There, There's some stunt women. They don't always use men. But a lot of those stunt li- stunt women do tend to, to be quite, you know... Um, robust. Robust and built compared to the, the leading actresses that they're, portray- like, doubling for. But... Uh, what was that? I said that about looking like a like a cat scan of a heart. Never mind. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of making me wonder why they would even show the face if it was a stunt guy. Usually, don't they just show a shot from behind? Yeah, usually. But if they're moving fast enough, I think they they're okay showing quick cuts from the front or from the side. Hey, I could be completely wrong. It could have been Bruce Campbell on that horse. <laughs> Who knows? I think he did like to do his own stunts a lot. Um, so after they escape, uh, Smiles gives Simpkins, uh, his new right-hand man, uh, some tools to tap into the telegraph wire and uh, message ahead of the train. Wait, is this the coming thing? Hacking? Hacking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
No, I think I've seen actual Old West things where they actually do this. They, like, climb up and tap into the telegraph wire and send a message. I think I've seen that before. But this was ridiculous because his uh, Simpkins was completely confused about what Smiley was talking about. Mm. And then he's like, well, do it anyways. If he's confused, chances are he doesn't know how to do it. So <laughs> exactly. why are you telling him to do it? <laughs> <laughs> and if you knew, even if he managed to hook up the wire somehow, I doubt he would be able to know, like, Morse code or anything. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it was just really weird. <laughs> it's strange demands. Yeah. <laughs> you just wired ahead total gibberish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Made them stop anyways, though they were still worried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this some sort of code? You better stop the train anyways. <laughs> 13 coconut banana. What? <laughs> All right. Um, so in the train car, um, this is Will's favorite scene, right? <laughs> oh, of course, the romance. I have to agree with Seamus. The romance. <laughs> Don't like it. Yeah. Always well, or, or just with Dixie? I probably shouldn't say it. Yeah, just with Dixie. <laughs> well, the stuff with his cousin, the stuff with his quote-unquote sister, wasn't great either. Yeah. Why should you probably not say it? You're allowed. <laughs> allowed to not like it. You can hate Dixie with all of your heart. <laughs> you know, my least favorite character on Babylon 5 was in this week's episode after being gone for a long time. Yeah. That was fun, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we forgot the part where uh, Bowler bribes Comet with that, that gross old apple that's been sitting in his pocket. You mean that fresh and crispy apple? <laughs> yeah, and Comet yeah. takes it. Sucker for green apples. Where'd Bowler's horse go? Did he just like chuck it? Kick it to the side of the road? Maybe he ran off. Not as loyal as Comet. Oh, maybe. I think maybe somebody stole it. Oh, what did we name? What did we we name? No, the horse spit. Hmm? Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I said the the horse didn't even want the apple. He spit like three quarters of it back out. (laughs) (laughs) He realized after he took it that it was a horrible apple. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you you took a bite out of this. <laughs> it's, it's really unfortunate that Comet cannot speak because you know the things that would come out of his mouth. I know. I want to know what he would say. Yeah, he'd probably be like, "What do you take me for a fool?" <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, yeah. Next. Uh, oh yeah. There's the romance in the train car, and as they're talking and smooching, uh. They're stoking coals in the train car, and, um, yeah, the steam blows. Obvious metaphor for Briscoe uh, messing his pants. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's what I took from it. I'm so glad you're here to make this connection for me. I I just didn't. Well, I mean, like they're 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 kissing and getting all hot and heavy, and the steam's blowing. They're stoking the fires, and then this the the top. Remember, Matt, this is a family show. The top blows off, and then and when they find them later, they're still fully clothed. So obviously, he, you know, messed his he, <laughs> he's, oh, I... <laughs> too early. He's just like they, they decided to give up on that, and they just cuddled until. Uh... <laughs> I meant he pooped in his pants. No. <laughs> I just didn't want to say that. Oh my god, this is too sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he lost control of his... (laughs) Sorry, dicks, I'm just too comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) That that sounds wrong. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Dicks being too comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't like how they call her dicks. It does. Yeah, I didn't like that either. It does sound gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh, guys, you're just ruining everything for me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> like more awful. Mm-hmm. By the minute. <laughs> Oh. At least her name, well, at least her name is Prixie. Yeah. <laughs> is that a name? Yeah, but it is a family show. I mm-hmm. mean, you can't... Why are they saying imply, dicks everywhere, then? But you can't... <laughs> shut up. You can't imply, like, you know, you can't imply... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, alright, so the train stops on the way to, uh... Oh, wait, sorry. We briefly go back to Socrates. Uh, Breakstone comes in and tries to get Socrates to call off Briscoe. Um, but Socrates stands up to him. I like the, the sorry, I like the entrance of Breakstone and Socrates' reaction to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess he's been making the rounds. Yeah. I wrote down there Brightstone went to see Comet. I must have been really out of it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Comet? I knew it was attorney Breakstone. <laughs> You know what? If he did, I'd say Breakstone actually knows what he's doing. Yeah. If anyone knows what people are up to, it's Comet. Comet, I'm willing to give you this badge and this, and this green apple if you tell me where Briscoe is. Aww. Give him the $5,000. Yeah. <laughs> Comet's just rolling in the money later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the horse rolling in cash. Oh, the light. Um... He impre- no, it's just a barrel full of green apples, like <laughs> spread out on the ground, and he's just yeah. rolling in it. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it's like one of them ball pits, but it's yes. filled with green apples. Green apple. and he jumps in. Yeah. He impresses Miss Avnet, and uh, she, he asks her out for coffee, but uh, he gets dinner instead. <laughs> She's aggressive, that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So the train stops on the way to San Fran, and Mr. Smiles gets the drop on uh, Briscoe again. Uh, Briscoe, they stake Briscoe to the train tracks uh, by a rope around his feet and uh, his hands to the train. And they're going to pull him apart if Dixie doesn't give up the uh, info on the cylinder. What did you guys think of the scene? Uh, I kind of knew she would give it up eventually. She didn't, though, did she? Oh. I don't yeah, think I don't think no, she, she did. did. <laughs> no. Nope. Actually, saved? yeah, I was surprised that she didn't cave to save Brix- Briscoe. Yeah. Yeah, he had yeah, to save himself. Yeah, I had a feeling she would say it. I guess that's what I was reading <laughs> <laughs> my notes trying to remember what happened. I meant- what happened when you were watching, Will? <laughs> I don't know. It was it was two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I just got here. Will wrote, Will wrote very detailed notes. He just wrote the exact opposite of everything that happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Comet as opposed to Socrates. That's <laughs> everything he's not. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, Briscoe has to save himself and uses his spur to cut the the rope. I was wonder what those are for. <laughs> now you know. For this very specific situation, but he still ends up being dragged along by the train, and uh, Dixie manages to cut the rope with Smiles' knife. Yeah, she did something useful in this episode. Was... I was hoping that somehow the powers of the orb were going to come into play here. And what would happen? 
and then as the first girl is getting torn apart or something, I don't know. Ah. <laughs> you start glowing. Uh, I that too. I wanted Briscoe to like explode it all. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and then you come back to the pieces. Wow. The pieces like slowly like shiver and shake and like pull to each other. <laughs> wow. Or he gets ripped in two, and then he just they they become two Briscoes. Oh yeah, that would have been cool too. Oh <laughs> no. We haven't heard from the orb in a while. <laughs> I think whatever happened to him with that orb is worn off. Where? What? Why are we not having more orb plot? Mm. It, it was like introduced in the first episode, making it seem like a pivotal point to the plot. Yeah, I think it's shown up twice since the first episode. Right. Was that Jeff? I, I didn't say anything. Oh, I no. I mean, yeah, I understand. I mean, that was what. That's what kind of like got me into it. Then it just started going into these. Uh, you know the other episodes that you know they had nothing to do with it. They were kind of like standalone. I think it's kind of like what kind of like dropped my interest in it. Okay, so you prefer the orb stuff, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're gonna have it, at least you know <laughs> have some use out of it instead of just going off on these tangents. Yeah, yeah, I know what you guys mean. Um, uh, Briscoe runs up and throws smiles off the train. Amazingly, Briscoe is still in excellent shape after being dragged by the train at a fair clip. <laughs> yeah, that would hurt. <laughs> it's the power of the orb, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> invincible. Sure. <laughs> 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 um, so after wiring Socrates, uh, Briscoe and Dixie are thinking of how to how they should get the rest of the way to San Francisco when uh, Bowler comes up. And they uh, kind of fight over Dixie. But not in the same way. Not in the same way. <laughs> no, they're not fighting about the same thing. <laughs> oh, right. You mean he wants justice and Bowler wants bounties? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dixie's like, isn't this all the same? Mm-hmm. And why don't you work together? Which I love. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't like Dixie, you have to like her for doing that. Yes. For putting the putting those two together? For playing yes. matchmaker? Yes. <laughs> they might be a better match yeah. than <laughs> Briscoe and Dixie. I agree. Yeah. Oh, I want them to be like a. Yeah, that's the only thing I would give her credit for. Mm-hmm. I want Bowler and Briscoe to be an adorable couple now. Well, <laughs> yeah. We're just not. We're not just not being shown all the scenes where they're snuggling at Aww. night around the campfire in the same sleeping bag. In the same Aww. sleeping bag. Wait, Which have time? we determined if there's fan fiction shipping those two together? No. Oh, they're probably. Look it up. <laughs> we uh-huh. need to look this up. <laughs> it exists somewhere. It now it so exists in <clears throat> mind. You know that sleeping bag's got to smell like swamp ass by now. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Especially if Frisco <laughs> lets Comet in there too. Uh, <laughs> so uh, some traveling Mexican minstrels come, <laughs> come up. Um, does anyone know Spanish? What were they called? Um, los famosos uh, hermosos, the famous brothers. The famous brothers. I knew it was something brothers. It was really simple. Okay. <laughs> That's the only reason why I got it. <laughs> yeah, I only knew the word for brothers there. Um, uh, so yeah, they recognize Dixie because her face is on that coin that she wanted. Yeah, I'm surprised she didn't know that her face was on a coin. That's all she wanted. <laughs> I guess she got out of there. She realized that uh, what's his face was super lame. <laughs> Um, 
So they'll give her a ride if she sings with them, which she doesn't even agree. She just starts singing. <laughs> She's like, yep. <laughs> singing? Why? I think it was her best song yet, actually. It wasn't even her song. <laughs> I know. She's going to acquire it. She's going to pay them royalties. Um, oh, she'll just record them on, on a cylinder and then steal the show. <laughs> um, so uh, Socrates is updating his boss. And then uh, Miss Abnett comes in. Uh, and as she's getting him to sign some things, he's obviously staring at her boobs. <laughs> Wait, Miss Abnett didn't just come in. Oh, yes. She was like eavesdropping by the door. Hmm. Yeah. Clearly shifty. Mel, what did you say Abnet looked Sorry, like she I'm, was wearing? I just walked in. What? What did you say Abnet looked like oh, she was she wearing? Oh, she looked like she was like she looked like a wedding cake. <laughs> <laughs> her her dress looked like a wedding cake. Okay. Yeah. Cuz she had like the it looked like she had like the frosting frills. Frosting frills on like the <laughs> where like the the collar was and mm-hmm. just the color of the dress was just very it mm. just looked like a weird like cake. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yes. Um, oh, did we already talk about Socrates like oh, like looking at her boobs I way j- too much? I just mentioned it, but yeah. He was way too way too su- like not subtle about it. <laughs> <laughs> like the eyes. <laughs> I said from the bottom of the desk you hear this. Um, yeah. It's not his foot. <laughs> it's wood on wood. <laughs> um, so she jumps his bones and. <laughs> Uh, Socrates' boss interrupts, but uh, he's okay with it. <laughs> Best boss ever. <laughs> like, I understand. <laughs> Best boss ever. <laughs> um, so it's nighttime, and uh, Comet is mad at Briscoe. I like how he's like huffing. <laughs> <laughs> I love how they got the horse to huff. Yeah, and uh, Briscoe and Dixie need to, to talk about us and. I kind of zoned out here. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. What'd you, what'd you guys get out of this? Um. <laughs> Briscoe doesn't want to say the L word. I can gather that yeah, much. Doesn't want to make a commitment. Blah, blah, blah. Yada, yada. I'm surprised Dixie wants to settle down. Mm, I'm not surprised. No. Anyways, um, I just want to go back to Briscoe for a moment. Okay. I think for Briscoe, it's just, I think part of the instability of his life right now, like his dad just died and he's still kind of like trying to get blind his gang. So it's very like rocky part of his life. Yeah. Yep. So you're saying that's why he's not settling down? Yes. I think, you know, once the Bly stuff is done is when Briscoe is going to settle with Dixie. Mm-hmm. You mean, bit, you mean yeah. after after a show gets canceled? You mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the end, they just end up hugging each other, which I thought was kind of sweet. Mm. Yeah. He had his ha- he had his hand on her inner thigh, and yeah, he's like, "That was a little awkward." Eh, I'll just hug her instead. <laughs> he was gonna go for it. <laughs> I felt like that was a strange acting choice, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Little too, little too close there. A little too close. Mm. Uh, next day at the mission, uh, the mother superior is the only one who knows about the cylinder that's hidden there. Um, Dixie, <laughs> we get Dixie's backstory. This is one of my favorite parts. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of this? I was half expecting her to be like, after she finished saying it, be like. Tch. They're like, what, really? And they're like, she's like, no, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, yeah, me too. And she was completely serious. My 
backwards. Dixie was taken from her family, raised by Cherokee, then rescued by Mennonites, and they all died from yellow fever. <laughs> and then she spent 15 years as a nun. <laughs> no, training as a nun. Training to be she a nun. She wasn't a nun. How old is she? I don't know. She. That's the only time a year is mentioned, though. 15 years. Yeah. That's 15 years off her life right there. Not counting the, the time she was with the Cherokee and the Mennonites. <laughs> I don't know. She's probably in her early 30s. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. Um, well, it says that he, um, maybe that they might be related. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Dixie laughs when he says that. Oh, you're so cute, Bowler. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, um, no. <laughs> Aww. I'd want to be related to Bowler. <laughs> He's adorable. I want to see a Bowler family reunion. Aww. <laughs> oh, just a bunch of grumpy gusses. <laughs> Aww. Do you think they'd all be big like him, or Bowler's just like the odd one out in his family? I hope they'd all be big. They'd all be big and uh, burly, even the ladies. Aww. <laughs> oh, lords and ladies. Yep. <laughs> really grumpy. <laughs> Uh, uh, Smiles arrives at the mission, and uh, Bowler's very stern about no guns in church. I don't really understand why. I mean... Bowler's a religious man. This is the house of God, you know? <laughs> I know, but would God want you to just sit there while you get shot? <laughs> Apparently Bowler was okay with like the physical contact, though, like punching people out. Yeah, which doesn't make much sense. But... Yeah. I'll still cave in somebody's eye, eye, uh, eye socket, but... <laughs> <laughs> but a bullet? No. <laughs> yeah. No, wait. I know what it is. It was the noise factor. Oh, maybe. Guns guns way too noisy for inside when people are, like, praying and stuff. But yeah. punching someone is just like a dull thud. Yeah. Yeah. Briscoe pulls out his gun. Bowler's like, you got a silencer for that thing? No. <laughs> Get away. <laughs> uh, oh, silencer should have been a coming thing. <laughs> yeah, they should have been. Um, so, uh, Smiles' goons, uh, come into a courtyard full of praying nuns and monks, and, uh, they just, uh, keep checking them all until they get beat up. <laughs> yeah, zoned out here a little bit. Yeah. This was a good one. Uh, a good trick? Yes, mm. especially when, you know, I really expected at least some of them to be dressed up as nuns like Bowler and Briscoe. I'm glad at least Bowler did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was cross-dressing, yeah. <laughs> um, so they run into the church, into the confession... Con- confession? <laughs> confession booths. <laughs> the confection booths. Mmm, <laughs> yummy. Um, uh, s- but Smiles catches him. Okay, uh, I love the part where, like, uh, Smiles opens up the little, like, confessional... I forget what you call that. The little, like, uh... Window? The little window. And uh, Briscoe's just like, ah! <laughs> I love the word. Mm. <laughs> I just love the way he reacted. Smiles puts on like a Scottish accent or something, or Irish maybe, for like one line. <clears throat> um, Smiles is very sad that Briscoe's not Catholic because now he can't go to heaven. <laughs> There's no option. You have to be Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird line, I thought. Yes. <laughs> The best, the most considerate villain ever. <laughs> obviously, obviously, smiles is Catholic. Yeah, <laughs> there's no other way around it. I'm going to kill you, but if you want, I can kill you with uh, one of these cyanide pheasants. <laughs> halfway pleasant way to go. <laughs> Delicious way to go. Um. So. Um... 
How did they even escape? I forgot to write down how they escaped. Oh, the mother oh, superior. Yeah. The nun. Oh, right, yeah. Beats she him. punched him. Yes. <laughs> enjoyed it. Yeah. Frying pan, right. Yeah. And uh, they hightail it back to the Westerfield Club. And uh, we get to hear the recording of Bly uh, paying off the candidate. Um, but they still need to protect Dixie because they need her testimony. So uh, they got to keep keep this evidence and their witness overnight there. Um, Briscoe thinks that the leak that Smiles has been using is actually someone within the Westerfield Club. Uh when did you guys catch on that Miss Avnet was up to no good? When she was uh, eavesdropping behind the door. Yeah, okay. that's it. So, like, the second time mm-hmm. you saw her? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Miss Avnet uh, serves Dixie some cyanide pheasant while Smiles uh, gets to the safe. And he's going to put a dynamite cuckoo clock in there. <laughs> that is delightful. That is a <laughs> Villainous, delightful. He's just—I love. He's like—he's like a wily coyote. I vote we call him Smiley Coyote. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I was expecting to see if it had Acme on the side of it. It probably did. It was probably in, inside that ring of dynamite. That said Acme. <laughs> yeah. What's the point of the cuckoo clock? Like you could just throw sticks of dynamite in there. I wanted know. to time it specifically. It was a time time bomb. <sighs> yep. Just get get a really long fuse. I don't know. <laughs> But he wanted to close the safe. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, where are we at now? Dixie goes uh, to take a bite of fish. Oh, yes. Dixie can smell something is off with the bird. So Abnett pulls a gun on her. I love how Socrates reacts here. <laughs> yeah. Really dramatic, over the top. <laughs> As usual. Yeah. Endeavor so helpful. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we get two wrestling matches <laughs> at the hers. same time. <laughs> yeah, we get Briscoe and Smiles wrestling, and uh, Dixie and Avnet wrestling as well. Um, but uh, Smiles ends up getting the dynamite into the safe. Uh, Socrates tries to stop the fight between the ladies and get ki- uh, gets kicked in the nuts for his trouble. Um, that was kind of lame. <laughs> Um, and he ends up stopping Avnet anyways, uh, by smacking her wrist with, what was it? What did he hit her wrist with? Something. Mm, Judo yeah. chop? I don't know. Judo chop. <laughs> <laughs> chop. Lawyer chop. A lawyer uh, chop. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so, uh, and then, uh, they're all running out because the place is going to blow, but, uh, Smiles delays Briscoe by tackling him yet again. Um, so much tackling going on. There's a lot of tackling and wrestling going on. Yep. All that was missing was everybody being covered in mud. (laughs) 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 Um, So they're running away. Uh, Lord Bowler was left at the gate. uh, Breakstone wants in, and everyone else wants out. I don't know. You guys talk about this. (laughs) The place explodes. (laughs) Throwing just going to the air. The place Mm. explodes, and it looks like Smiles' body. Like, I don't know if you guys caught that, but in that shot where the explosion happens, it looks like there's a body being projectiled from the building. (laughs) Really? Yes. I think that's that. (laughs) But I I don't think it is, but it looks a lot like a body. It's just a piece of debris, but yeah, it looks... (laughs) Look to me like a body, like, you know when they, like, 
uh, in the old, like, old-timey vaudeville days when they would pull people off the stage with a cane. Mm. That's what it looked like. It looked like he was pulled away from the building with a cane. <laughs> it's, it's gonna blow, run! Yeah. Uh, did you catch the Did you catch the silly Bruce Campbell face after Dixie kind of helped him up? No, I didn't. He had a goofy grin on his face. Aww. <laughs> I love his faces. Yeah. I like the I like the faces yeah. he was making when he was being pulled apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the noises. Yeah. Um, Dixie was making weird noises actually when she was fighting with the knife on the train. Yeah. She kept making like weird grunting noises and it was bothering me. Never <laughs> <laughs> did mention. Emote. Yeah, it was. It was just always the same noise. They oh, might they, have been they just reused it, it maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the next day, uh, Socrates is sad about his work uh, being blown up and about Miss Abnett, but uh, Briscoe thinks he should still tap that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. He'll be on a few years. Why? <laughs> I don't know if I'd be giving Socrates that advice. I think he's just teasing him. Yeah, probably. But do you think that Socrates would go for, like, a, a criminal? I don't know. It's I don't part know. Of... His sister went for a criminal, so why oh, not Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Part of me thinks he would because he's so desperate, but he's been shown to have, like, you know, he's he's been an upstanding guy, so I don't, maybe he probably wouldn't, I guess. Um, he can do better. He can do better. Yeah. I agree. She needs to find the right woman. Yeah. He needs to get a little bit more confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Briscoe's waiting for Dixie in an alley. They're going to go on a date. Uh, Lord Buller shows up. <laughs> they also have to talk about us. Oh. But uh, he seems open to a partnership now. Um, and uh, Briscoe tells him to scram for the, for the moment. Um, Which I thought was hilarious because at the end... When Briscoe and Dixie walk off, mm-hmm. Comet is going on the date with them. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I had the same thought. <laughs> Third wheel. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, what, go ahead. I was going to say, we already heard the part about the White House. I don't know if that's the one that's called or not. Or... Uh, the White House? Yeah, you were saying maybe they should put a talking machine in the oh, White House. Right, right. Okay. Did you have something about that? Oh, no, I just thought it was funny. It's another thing. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they don't record conversations in the White House, do they? Nixon? Yeah, Nixon did. Oh, I thought that happened at a hotel or something. Yeah. I thought that was at the no, water... it was in the White House. Why is it called the Watergate scandal then? I thought it was at the Watergate Hotel or something. Um... No, Nixon used to record stuff in the Oval Office. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like the guy that found out about it was in the Watergate Hotel. Like, he was, like, based out of that area, and that's why it's called oh, okay. Watergate. You'll have to read about it. I will. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I know not, the... I am not okay. Wikipedia. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot tell you all the details, but... Hmm. Um, so, Briscoe's waited long enough, so he feeds those flowers to Comet. <laughs> uh, and just as he does, Dixie arrives late. She decided to go on the date after all. <laughs> she takes it. She takes it in a stride. Doesn't care about the flowers, I guess. Um, and they go on their date. Yay! Hooray, I guess. <laughs> a lot of these episodes seem to <laughs> seem to end all sappy like that. <laughs> it's a family show, Matt. I want. I want a cliffhanger ending. One of these days, we need a nice two-parter or something. 
<laughs> Don't you guys agree? Maybe like it all tied up at the end. No, a good cliffhanger would be nice. Mm. Yeah, I don't really like cliffhangers, but I do like continuing story, I guess. Yeah. Um, I like it to continue, but to continue to get to some part. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so uh, do you guys want to rate it? What do you guys think? Jeff, Jeff, do you want to go first? Uh, all right. <clears throat> uh, so I gave it a 6 out of 10 uh, half-eaten horse apples. <laughs> um, this I was, except I'm, I'm I was about like half asleep as well, you know, watching this, and um, you know, I mean, as as it stands alone, I, I think it was you know pretty good. I mean, I know the the stuff with Dixie, I don't really you know care about, and I would rather just not. But um, so overall, I mean, it was I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, who else wants to go? I'll go. Um, well, I actually was entertained by this episode. Um, I liked Brightstone, and I liked Smiles, and of course I liked Bowler. Dixie, no, didn't really bother me that much in this episode. <laughs> she didn't? <laughs> didn't, no. I am so happy for you. Congratulations, <laughs> 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 my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give it eight out of ten pheasants a la cyanide. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Um, good one. Uh, I liked it okay. It wasn't amazing. Um, I think I, I'm just waiting for some more orb stuff or some more peep or bly stuff at the moment. Um, I'm going to give it uh, 7 out of 10 conjugal visits with Miss Abnet. Mm. <laughs> uh, who else wants to go? I can go. Okay. I can give it uh, 8 out of 10 giant nuns. <laughs> oh, sorry. 8.5. Sorry. Correction. 8.5. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Half a giant nun is important. <laughs> so, I really like this episode. Even though there wasn't still not much orb, the, the, the characters they added in this episode were really great. Mm-hmm. I quite enjoyed them. I hope we might see them again in another episode. Uh, you mean smiles? <laughs> well, you know what? I have a suspicion that maybe he didn't die in the explosion. He's quite the wily guy. Okay. And Breakstone. He's a good guy. Yeah. We've seen him a bunch. Well, two or three times. He'll probably be back. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, all right. Can't think of anything else. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 romances. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I like this episode. <laughs> I think it's delightful. I like... I like the will will they won't they with <laughs> with Bowler and Briscoe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Yeah, yeah, I do enjoy that. Although I feel like they are already a team. Mm-hmm. They just are not ready to admit it to each yeah, other. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> They're already in a relationship. Yes. They just don't acknowledge it. Yes. Um, okay, so uh, who's got a high point and a low point? Volunteers. Mm-hmm. I forgot to write down a high point, so I'm going to say that it's when the nun helps them escape from the bad guys. <laughs> and the low point is when Socrates got suckered into spilling the beans about Briscoe and Dixie. Hey, you go, Jeff. Well, okay, well, I don't have much of a high point. I got a low point is about, you know, Bowler being deputized by the Attorney General just because, you know, it didn't really go anywhere with it just for maybe just a couple of scenes I just think they kind of just 
it was kind of glossed over. It yeah. should have been kind of incorporated a little bit better. Yeah, it was a wasted opportunity. So you don't have a high point? No. And end credits? <laughs> end credits, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, my high point is... Actually, my low point is the Briscoe and Dixie conversation about us. And uh, my high point is the Briscoe and Bowler conversation about us. (laughs) 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 All right. Okay. For my high point, I'm going to go for the pheasant dinner and the introduction of Winston Smiles. Okay. And for my low point, uh, I don't know. I'm going to say just the train uh, when Dixie and Briscoe were hanging out on the train. Okay, in the train car? Yeah, I I don't know. It just wasn't interesting or necessary. I don't know. Yes. Mm. Okay, no? I feel like the low point of this episode should be the callback to Jalisco. Or Jalisco. <laughs> yeah. So, like the coin and all that stuff. Yeah. Really? I don't know. I just feel like nobody liked that episode, so why should we even call back to <laughs> Nobody liked that episode? Apparently not. It wasn't one of my favorites. I don't really I, like. I, hmm? I was gonna say I just like say Jalisco. Jalisco, yeah. Jalisco. Yeah. What's your high point? My high point is like all the fun. I don't know if you can really call that a high point. The fun character moments. Like I like Breakstone just being Breakstone, and I like uh, sm- Smiles being Smiles. <laughs> I just thought those characters were delightful. I don't know. It's kind of a lame high point, but my high point. It's a good high point. It's just not like a specific. No, I'll put yeah. fun ca- aspect of the episode. Yeah. yeah, I'll put fun character moments with breakstone slash smiles. Yeah. Plus, you guys stole all the good high points already. So <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not being the first one to go because then everyone takes them and you have to come up with something else. I know. I know. Yeah, you can double up. We've done that before. Yeah. We can't do it all the time though. So I, like, I like to be. I like to be unique though. Mm-hmm. I like to try to find the unique aspect of the episode. Yeah. Agree. Mm. All right, who's got a quote? Oh, do I ever? Uh, well, I'll wait for other people to go. So you know me. Um, okay, Jeff, do you want to go? You can go ahead. I didn't even think about writing any quotes. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll go with. However, I'm prepared to make you a credentialed agent of the U.S. government. Is that all I get out of this? Fancy tin horn and a fine howdy do from Uncle Sam. How does five thousand dollars cash sound, Mr. Bowler? God bless America. <laughs> that was great. I like the whole Lord Bowler, aka Irvine Paltz, aka Burr Lamont, aka Joe Echo Hawk. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. uh, I feel like there's just so much we don't know about Bowler. I know. I hope we get some more backstory. I seem to recall a backstory episode, but... I, I remember at least one thing. Yeah, and it was so delightful. <laughs> in my memory, Ooh, it's like the most delightful thing in the world. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. I hope there's more than that one thing that yeah. I remember. But we get, we get at least one thing about his backstory. Sweet. <laughs> uh, who else has a quote? Uh, I have Dixie. Frisco, put me down. Frisco, all right, you look bad in a wig and you were too easy to find. <laughs> that was great. I love that. So bad, it was awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was mean. <laughs> I like these uh, U.S. Attorney Breakstone moments. I'm U.S. Yeah. Attorney Breakstone. Don't you think everyone knows who you are by now? <laughs> and 
You're, you're joking. I never joke. And I smile only occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> and then a little bit later, he's like, it's country versus county now, pool. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> Any more? Oh, yes, one more. Same guy. Okay. Next time you have a cat caught up a tree and you need help, don't call the government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. Uh, uh, all right. So feedback time. Oh, wait. What? Oh, well, no, I'll, I'll leave it. What? I just like the way uh, uh, Smiles said <laughs> when they were like, where'd they go? And he said, they've disappeared before your very eyes. <laughs> the delivery was delightful. <laughs> That's good. Wait, yeah, I just want to do one more too. Okay. <laughs> You're a big nun. That's Mr. Nun to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, and piggybacking off of that, I'm going to transition right into Robin's feedback. And no wait, I gotta what? end with <laughs> the bowler's laugh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was good on yes. I wanted to write that down as a quote too. <laughs> nice touch, Romeo. <laughs> I love it. Alright, so Caitlin, do you wanna read this? This is yes. from Robin. <clears throat> I just watched Lord Lord Bowler Oh my gosh, I was gonna do it again. Boiler <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. Okay. Start over. I just watched Lord Bowler say, That's Mr. Nun to you, about five times on the loop. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't win for high point of this episode, I declare this entire podcast in contempt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't <laughs> Oh, we didn't, we didn't mention that. <laughs> maybe, maybe someone should change theirs. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, we'll add Robin to the poll. Yeah. Done, done. Okay. <laughs> Boy, that rope really stretched a lot, giving Briscoe plenty of time to saw through it some with some pretty small, dull spears. Spurs. Gosh, I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak English anymore. <laughs> okay. Anybody get the impression that maybe Socrates wrote the very first penthouse letter and we get to see it reenacted on the show? <laughs> Especially when his hot secretary and Dixie... Rections <laughs> oh. rolls around on the floor together. Oh, and boy! <laughs> oh, and boy! Dixie Rections is a smoking hot brunette. <laughs> Whoa! Mother Superior jumped the gun and went straight to the frying pan. Oh, oh, Robin! I did. I see what you did there. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask either you guys or to the listening audience. The outside of Socrates' offices with the pillars and courtyard is killing me. That set is in something different, either TV or movie. Maybe it was repurposed after Briscoe was cancelled. I have no idea. Maybe someone out there knows. Anyway. Mm, yeah, it's it's quite big, so you wouldn't think they'd waste something like that on just one show. Mm-hmm. David Warner is such a great villain. Time after time. Everyone watch Time After Time now. <laughs> I really want to watch that again now. <laughs> Speaking of things I watch to watch again. Okay. <laughs> You guys, Buller wore a nun's habit and still looked completely <laughs> badass. It's true. Oh, my God. oh, that reminds me of that of that horrible pun that Briscoe made right after. Talk about a bad habit. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Buller severe, like sternly told him, "Shut up." Just <laughs> <laughs> what I would have done. Okay, man, and I was going to write about this whole email like I was falling asleep throughout the episode, like Mel's last couple of feedbacks to my show. <laughs> Hey Mel, try caffeine. I couldn't. I was on pills. Drink <laughs> <laughs> <Great> caffeine. <laughs> you are both. You both are dropping the ball in the feedback section. When week after week, I have given you gold. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Well, that's thinking mighty high of yourself there. Okay. <laughs> we appreciate your feedback, Robin. 
I'd lock you in a gulag if you weren't able to escape it easily. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm buying tickets to see Evil Dead the Musical in October. Can't wait, although I wish Bruce was playing Ash. Bye! That's Mr. Robin to you. Oh, jealous. That sounds yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds fun. That would be fun, yeah. We got some in-jokes in there between uh, this and uh, Intro to X, so if you're confused by some of the things Robin says, listen to Intro to X. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was Robin's way of brainwashing you into doing it. Like oh, that. he got me to do it. <laughs> oh, no. Plug this show. Yes. Uh, uh, devious scamp. Yes. <laughs> All right. So now we got Harold. Here are my thoughts on Heart of Dixie. Uh, first of all, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Had some very assured, accomplished direction. I'm always happy to see David Warner make a guest appearance as a villain. Uh, of course, I remember him as uh, Jack the Ripper from that uh, movie Time After Time uh, from around 1980. And of course, as uh, Thomas Eckhart in Twin Peaks. So I was very pleased to see him uh, ham it up on the screen. Uh, This episode also featured the absolute best, or some might say the absolute worst, pun so far. Uh, So that that definitely, uh, was was a positive for me. Uh, (laughs) Also, I'm always happy to see Dixie Cousins make an appearance. It's been a while since we've seen her. Um, Even though it did sound like uh, they overdubbed all of her her dialogue. It just didn't seem like it was coming out of her mouth. Or maybe her mouth wasn't moving. I'm not sure. Uh, it was intriguing that um, it seemed like there's going to be a possible shakeup in, in the show. They got rid of the Westerfield Club, which that one I'm definitely on board with because I, I have not liked these opening s- setup scenes where Socrates is in the club uh, laying out the mission. So that that's fine with me. Uh, second, they formalized the Briscoe Bowler Partnership. I'm probably okay with that. Uh, I kind of like them as uh, kind of as rivals. Uh, but I don't know how much longer they could have done that. So, and this this would certainly mean that Bowler's probably going to be in most of the episodes from here on out, you know, unless they, they really feel they don't need him for a particular episode. And then finally, uh, Dixie and Briscoe um, move move another another stage in their relationship. And this one, I'm not so sure about. I, I kind of like them as ships that are passing in the night and just aren't quite on the right you know page on the same page together. I'm not sure if I'm going to like them where uh, they're together all the time, uh, but I'll wait and see. Uh, There were a few things that kind of bothered me. One of them was uh, the fact that, you know, we have Jack the Ripper uh, does the villainy thing. One of his uh, gang members failed to capture Dixie and and, and, uh, Briscoe got away, so he poisons him. Then a few scenes later, old Jack is, uh, let's... Dixie and Briscoe get away uh, himself. So does he do the honorable thing and kill himself? No. He just moves on to his next uh, fiendish plan. Uh, come on, Mr. Ripper, where's the consistency in that? I want to know. Um, another thing that bugged me was that uh, you know Briscoe gets shot in the hand. Eh, no big deal. A little bruise. Uh, this other guy, Briscoe, shoots in the leg. I mean, come on, he should have shot that guy's half that guy's leg off or something. So he just hops off. Oh, come on. That's ridiculous. And then one other thing, I was, I was watching that, that scene where Briscoe and Dixie you know, get away, but they have to leave Comet. And I was sure that they were going to do a scene where, uh, you know, Thomas Eckhart has now captured Comet 
and there was going to be a tense hostage scene where uh, he came down the, the street uh, with a gun to Comet's head and said, uh, you know, Tabrisco, give me that saloon singer or else your horsey's going to get one right between the eyes. And there was going to be a, a standoff. Maybe Comet could uh, give Eckhart a, a kick in the behind and, and, and save the day. Instead, we got uh, an explosion at the Westerfield Club and uh, I don't know, I would prefer my ending, but <laughs> I suppose that's the way it goes. Uh, so I'm going to give this one 7 out of 10 bad habits and talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. Bye. Thanks, Harold. I don't know if uh, people realize how much Comet means to Briscoe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think uh, a lot of people know. <laughs> um, all right, so here's one from Bob. Hi, this is Bob DeGram with feedback for Deep in the Heart of Dixie. I'm sure Will will be less than pleased to see that Dixie is back. I do think she made a good decision, though, in deciding not to become a nun. Somehow I think that wouldn't have worked out too well for her. And with Lord Bowler saying that he was part Cherokee, we get confirmation of something that Matt had speculated on in an earlier podcast. This is one of my favorite episodes for the minor characters. Winston Smiles is a wonderful villain, although I suspect that some of his food-related puns may drive Melanie nuts. <laughs> U.S. Attorney Breakstone is wonderful as usual, explaining that he never jokes and rarely smiles. And Rita Avnet is one of my favorites. I don't care if she's a felon. Any woman that throws herself at Socrates is okay in my book. <laughs> so I really like this episode, yes. and I'm looking forward to your thoughts on it. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. I agree. <laughs> Socrates needs more action. <laughs> <clears throat> Who would like to read uh, Victor's? Do you mind uh, reading one, Jeff? Sure. I like Dixie, but I like her in small doses. And this episode was an overdose. This week's... What the f- This week's heavy is named Winston Smiles. And he isn't your average villain. When I see his gang seated around a table, the setting reminds me of Al Capone. But Smiles doesn't use a baseball bat to do away with his henchmen. He serves pheasant a la cyanide. Bowler goes by lots of names in this episode, including Special Agent. This brings Bowler into conflict with Briscoe, which is never a good thing. In addition to featuring Dixie, this episode also gives Socrates a prominent role, which almost guarantees it will be a train wreck. Socrates is as good at choosing <laughs> Socrates is as good at choosing women as he is at everything else in life. His new girlfriend is actually the mole who has been tipping off smiles, who keeps trying to kill Briscoe. Somewhere along the way, we learn that Dixie can sing a song that doesn't involve filing a claim, and Briscoe and Dixie enjoy a role in the hay. But this, but then this leads to Dixie wanting to talk and thinking that she might want to settle down, and she's not getting any younger, and her biological clock is ticking, yak, 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 blah, blah, blah. This is the reason God created the fast-forward button. <laughs> Dixie oh. also tells a tale... <laughs> <laughs> Dixie also tells a tale of being raised by Cherokee Indians, and since Bowler is part Cherokee, they may be related. I personally don't see the family resemblance, but then Bowler doesn't look much like a nun either, or Mr. Nun, as he likes to be called. 
they escape from smiles at the monastery where the mother superior conks him on the head and knocks him out something she says she enjoyed doing I'm sure that will come as no surprise to anyone who has attended a Catholic school, but <laughs> that's another story better left untold. Yeah. Uh, when Rita finally reveals her true motives and she and Dixie are locked in a desperate struggle for her gun, our hero Socrates can only stand by when it, our hero Socrates can only stand over them and say, ladies, please, his <laughs> contribution to the fight was to get kicked in the groin. <laughs> But then at 38 minutes, 58 seconds of episode 11, make of note of that time in case this ever never happens again, <laughs> Socrates actually did something useful. He grabbed Rita's gun. Later, the building goes boom, and the episode ends, except for some more mushy stuff with Dixie. A good story was marred by the excessive amount of screen time given to Dixie and Socrates, both of whom should be used sparingly. I will rate this one 7 out of 10 servings of pheasant a la cyanide. Regards, Victor. Thanks, Victor. Yeah, I, I don't think Socrates was overly used in this episode, but <laughs> if just that little bit of Socrates was too much, I'm afraid you don't like Socrates. <laughs> uh, uh, will, do you want to read one? Sure. This one's from Heidi. Heidi. All right. Hey, guys. I didn't recognize Dixie Cousins with her dark hair when Briscoe showed up to get her, even though I knew she featured heavily into the episode based on the title. Smiles is really a stickler on good manners. Always remember not to eat before your host. (laughs) See what happens when you get greedy, Bowler? I wish she and Briscoe would just team up already. I know they're trying to create some mystery as to whether they'll team up or not each episode, but they usually do, and then it bugs me when they don't. In this case, it's Bowler and Comet who work together first. Thank you, Dixie, for making my point. Hopefully it will stick this time. (laughs) Yeah, Socrates, telling off the government and getting the ladies too. (laughs) He was having a good episode. I should have (laughs) known Miss Abnett was working for the bad guys. Dixie's pants were awful. Agreed. There was all yes, this. That's what I was talking about. It looking like. Never mind. She had like <laughs> bum in there in those pants. Mum bum. Mum bum. It's like you know the mom jeans kind of yeah, like. Um, no, that's what, was, that's what I was saying. It looked like the cat skin of a heart. Ah. Oh. Okay, okay oh, now I know what you're talking about. I think she looked okay. Yeah, yeah, I just don't like high waisted pants. I guess mm. it was the time. Okay. <laughs> no, the time was in the forties. Any time past then is just done. Don't do it. <laughs> pants weren't a thing then, so kind of the waistline matches that of maybe a dress she would wear. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Still high waists. Yeah. Anyways, keep going, Will. Sorry. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, there was all this extra room in the hips, and it looked like she was carrying saddlebags or something. It was very <laughs> distracting. <laughs> <laughs> I love the nun who knocked out Smiles. She was great, and Bowler respects the sacred ground of the church. Mm. It was kind of a sweet ending between Dixie and Briscoe, but I doubt them being together will stick. Briscoe has to be free to make out with whatever damsel he's rescuing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This one was entertaining and may have actually made some headway in relationships and character development, so that's a good thing. Until next time, Heidi. Thanks, Heidi. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, now we got Seamus. He's off the charts. 
Hello, intro to Briscoe. This is Seamus coming to you with his thoughts on Deep in the Heart of Dixie. Oh, Briscoe County Jr. I know last week had a little bit too much romance. We had a little bit this week. But you know what? It was okay this week. Dixie did not mind her this week. She was fine. The puns were in full force. <laughs> That's a bad habit. Oh, God. Beautiful. This is a lot closer. Again, and I think I've said this before, this is very close to the Briscoe that I that I know and love. With, you know, a lot of fun action, some crazy villains. David Warner. Oh, David Warner. I'm sure you've mentioned it, but he was on an episode of season one of Babylon 5. So I always love seeing him there. He was in he was in Ninja Turtles 2. You know, he was he's been in a lot of great things, but really Ninja Turtles 2, let's be fair. No, I'm, no, he's done a lot of really great work. But also he was in the same movie with Vanilla Ice and the Ninja Turtles. So you really can't beat that. And oh god. It just made me so happy. And now we're on the track of Briscoe and Bowler being partners. So I really hope there isn't gonna be any more episodes without without Bowler. Especially at the end. You know, with his thing about, yeah, Romeo. <laughs> that laugh gives me such an energy in life. It just makes me feel really, really good. Much like this show does. So all we need is a little more bit of the professor, then we'll be good. But, you know, this, we are, we are in top form. There's a lot of good action. I loved all the stuff on the train. It's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of fun set pieces. You know, and that's what's really good. We aren't really confined to one location. I mean, I don't even want to know what the budget for this show was because they're they were going crazy everywhere. So, you know, it was a lot of fun, a lot of really, really great stuff. This episode is like a solid 9 out of 10 for me because can anything really be truly perfect without the professor? I'm going to say no. And I'm really sad that this episode did not involve uh, Briscoe striking down and actually going deep into Dixie's physical heart. That would have been great. I think there's a movie, Fantastic Voyage. I'm probably getting that wrong, but who cares? <laughs> It, that would have been amazing, and I'm sad we didn't get to, you know, a funky, fresh rap version of File My Claim. Um, and then we got a lot of the the, uh, the coming things with, like, who would want to listen to a song, the same song, over and over. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I see what you did there. And then it's like, maybe if we put this recorder into the, into the White House, it would solve a lot of problems. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, I get it. I see what you did there. It's a joke because American politics. But anyway... <laughs> You know, I'm really excited to see what you guys all think. Really excited to see how the show goes from here. And I think that's all it. So, yeah, 9 out of 10. So, until next time, intro to Briscoe. Stay groovy. Stay awesome. Ha! Yeah! See you guys. Mm. Oh yeah. Seamus, if that bowler's laugh gives you more energy, I, uh, I don't even want to see that. Like, I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> I want to know if ha yeah comes from something or if that's just his personal motto. I also want to know, because he says like David Warner is like in everything. I want to know if David Warner's in like Power Rangers or uh, Littlest Hobo. <laughs> 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 I need to find this out. <laughs> yeah. Posted a picture of, uh, I posted a picture of him in Babylon 5 in the Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. check that out. I think I saw it, yeah. Mm. yeah. Do you want to read this one, Mel? Oh, I will. It's from Matt A. Matt A, the other Matt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, from Matt A. My talking machine is malfunctioning. Stop. Sending feedback by telegraph. Stop. Where are my pants? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Socrates, who would want to listen to the same song over and over again? Was that a dig at Dixie Cousins? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> the series looks particularly dated when it stays on its cardboard town <laughs> when it stays in its cardboard towns so I appreciate big set pieces like the train and terrific stunts jumping onto said train <laughs> when the producers have a bit more of a budget with Briscoe it looks less like 90s TV and more modern speaking of that train sequence after Briscoe jumped on board to save Dixie I imagined him turning to Comet and saying come on boy you can make it give me your hoof jump <laughs> Oh. <laughs>
No disrespect to Seamus, but I disagree that the series can't handle romance. The Briscoe Dixie scene on the train was somewhat steamy, smartly cutting between their dialogue and footage of shoveling coal into the furnace. I suspected the payoff would be a shot of the train going into a tunnel, <laughs> but the loud whistle did the trick. <laughs> mm, well, obviously the train did not go in the tunnel anyways. So. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah. Derailed before I got to the tunnel. Yes. <laughs> um... That was my. This was my favorite Briscoe in peril moment yet. Uh, I guess he's talking about when he was on the rails. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bowler scoffs when Dixie suggests he and Briscoe work together. Why? That idea is absurd. It only happens every week. <laughs> I liked the callback to the revolution in the Briscoe in Jalisco. No, Will, can you say it? Jalisco. Thank you. <laughs> I always figure these non-orb episodes will never amount to anything significant in the overall scope of the show, so it's nice when there's continuity. At this point, my bullshit meter is going off the charts regarding Miss Avnet. There is no way that woman could ever be that into Socrates and not be as crazy as fuck. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> or Socrates. I think Socrates, I, I don't know, I could love him. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the conversation between Briscoe and Dixie in the back of the wagon, when Briscoe laments how his mother felt about being married to a lawman, and Dixie theorizes that their problem is quote-unquote timing. This dialogue rang very sincere and gave us real insight into these characters and their relationship. Sometimes the simple scenes are the best. Dixie was raised by Cherokee, Cherokees and Bowler is part Cherokee. Maybe they're related. Bowler does not understand genetics. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's what I call a bad habit. I'm, aw. Oh, and he wrote, I am none, N-U-N, too pleased about these puns. <laughs> you know what? That was genius. Everybody's like, oh, Mel's gonna hate this episode. I totally ignored the puns this episode. Oh, really? I totally, they totally, like, I, I, I heard them, and then I just, I let them fly past my wow, head. Wow, you're, you're just, you're letting your hatred for puns go? I just, no, I just, I, when you really, when something really bothers you, you just have to ignore it and it Hopefully it'll go away eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, at the end, everyone celebrates because thanks to Dixie, Hyde will be put behind bars. But wasn't the cylinder put in the safe and the safe blown up and bye-bye evidence? Yes. Yeah, that's true, but I guess her testimony was enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The ending le left me very confused, but I loved the train stunts, the Briscoe Dixie developments, the turncoat secretary, the action at the monastery. Many great individual moments that made for a pretty solid outing. One of the more entertaining episodes thus far. 9 out of 10 fine howdy-doos from Uncle Sam. I found my pants. Stop. I was wearing them. Stop. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you found your pants. Yeah. <laughs> Are they flesh-colored? <laughs> <laughs> they were flesh-colored and they were jeggings. <laughs> oh, Matt A wears flesh-colored jeggings. Gross. <laughs> uh, who wants to read another one? We got one from Daniela. I'll do it. Okay. All right. Deep in the Heart of Dixie is one of my favorites, mainly because it's got the brilliant David Warner as Winston Smiles. David Warner was an outstanding stage actor, for example, playing Hamlet in a production of Peter Hall for the Royal Shakespeare Company. But then all of a sudden he got stage fright, in fact so bad that he wasn't able to play on a stage anymore. 
and instead focused on movie acting. Wow. Hmm. Uh, and here's, <laughs> and here is why, <laughs> and here he is simply wonderful. His smiles is at once British, sophisticated, sadistic, and wickedly cruel, turning against his own man and making the death a lesson for the others in many ways. An enemy to be feared, and the better the villain, the better Briscoe. Then there is the fact that Bowler and Briscoe are rivals again, and that are there are mutual goal. Dixie also happens to be Briscoe's love interest. Yet in the end, as always, they join forces, which results in some great slapstick action with Bowler as mad, bearded nun. <laughs> Something I'm certainly fond of. <laughs> by the way, I also love <laughs> by the way, I also love Dixie's life story. <laughs> uh, another plus is the subplot with Socrates and his possible love interest, Miss Avnet. Uh, I especially love the awkwardness displayed by Socrates, and on the other hand, Miss Avnet's not too sophisticated approaches. Uh, so there, you, so there, you've got a little bit of screwball, featuring an emancipated woman slowly revealing her true face of being Smiles' agent. Uh, <laughs> I can't even pronounce this. <laughs> German German Wait. smiley face. <laughs> I, love, I love how it says smile as a yes. indie smiley. <laughs> I just love how the smiley is. <laughs> Delightful. Alright. Uh, one plot device I enjoyed a lot was the sudden change, the unpleasant surprise when at one point Briscoe and Dixie share a moment of mutual tranquility in the hay only to be greeted by a smiling smiles opening the wagon door. In the end, the finale was really furious, and it was only consequent that the Chesterfield Club went up in flames. In fact, something I always enjoy a lot about Briscoe is that the episodes are so packed with plots and subplots that it almost feels like a feature-length movie. All the very best, Daniela. Interesting. Interesting viewpoint there. Mm, Sure. Um, All right, we got one more. From the third Matt. From the third Matt. Uh, Who wants to read this one? Caitlin or Will or Mel? Uh, Whoever. I don't mind reading it if... I can do it. All right. Hi, guys. I've caught up with you after lapsing, so here is feedback on this week's ep and some general thoughts. One, I think the show is still struggling with its identity at this point and so remains inconsistent even with 11 episodes under its belt. As entertaining as I find this show, I can see why it was canned after one season. Hmm. Two, I enjoy the interplay between Briscoe and Dixie at the start of this episode. The verbal sparring between the main cast is one of my favorite features of this show. Three, David Warner as a villain. (laughs) He does his usual turn and does it well, even though I kept thinking of Thomas Eckhart when he was on screen. (laughs) Four, I like that we have a Dixie-centric episode as, besides Comet, she is now my favorite character. It took me a while to warm to her, but I'm on the Dixie bandwagon now. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! Always room for more. Is she your favorite, Caitlin? I think so. Probably. Uh, Well, okay. I always... I kind of have, like, two sets of favorites, like, Mm -hmm. the always there characters and the reoccurring characters. Yeah. And she's my favorite, probably, reoccurring character. But Pete does give a good run for her money. (laughs) Mm. 
Uh, number five, I found this a funny episode, particularly the innuendo latent scene with Briscoe and Dixie on the train. The humor levels have been up and down for me over recent weeks, but this one passed the six laugh test. Oh, oh I had never heard of this. That's test. very specific. That's, that's a good bar, I think. <laughs> six laughs. Mm-hmm. Six. Recently, we had a hat as a flimsy weapon, and now we have a bag as a flimsy-looking shield. <laughs> Maybe there was nothing more sturdy nearby, but still. <laughs> Overall, I enjoyed this. The series has stumbled a bit for me after a strong start, but I found this one very entertaining. I give it 8 out of 10 phallic-pumping pistons. Cheers, guys. Matt. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's all the feedback, I think. Maybe I should check the spam just in case. <laughs> <laughs> you do have 33 spams. Wow. Mm. Oh, that happened so quick. <laughs> Some French spam. That's good. Mm. You get, you keep getting emails from Mr. Chris. Who's where he's Mr. like, dear, dear lucky recipient. You're leave, a lucky recipient. <laughs> leave me alone, Mr. Chris. <laughs> but you're a lucky recipient. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all of them. All right. We finished three whole discs on the DVD set. <gasps> that's true. Wow. How many discs are there? I don't know. Lots. Lots and lots. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, next episode is Crystal Hawks. Whoa. This. Uh, oh, man. So many possibilities. Yeah. What's this one about, guys? I feel like that's like, it sounds like the name of a band. Maybe they're going to start like a band. <laughs> Coming thing, hair metal. Yes. <laughs> the crystal hawk. <laughs> Is this anything like the crystal skull? Oh, no. <laughs> mm. You got any ideas, Jeff? What's crystal hawks bring to mind? Uh, I have no idea. If it's a band, I guess somebody could be playing some rubber bands or you know, cat fur on a shoebox or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this is the 1890s. It'll be a jug band. <laughs> Aww. I was, I was thinking... <laughs> has a jug band. <laughs> I was thinking, like, drugged up hawks. So hawks are, like, the new weapon. And then they just... <laughs> like attack birds? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they have like to use drugs to train them. They're like yeah. falconers now? Or whatever. Yeah. 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 Awesome. <laughs> wow. That, that's pretty epic. <laughs> all right. Good enough. Um, all right. Uh, Jeff, do you have anything to plug? Thanks for joining us. Do you have anything you want to point people to? Thanks. Um, sure. Um, go to uh, www.explodingnightmareproductions.tumblr.com. That's a little macromedia thing I'm trying to start to get my music out, do some videos and things like that. And uh, there should point to uh, my Facebook page on it and the SoundClick <laughs> SoundClick page that has uh, what music I've uh, done so far. So cool. that's what I'm plugging. Cool. cool. Um, yeah, feel free to like post a, if you have a link to like a song or something. Post it on the group. Um, okay. Uh, Will, what do you? Uh, what's going on with uh, down below? Uh, we are in the home stretch of season one now, so getting close to the end. Got a two-part episode coming up mm-hmm. next week. And I think one of my co-hosts, Elizabeth, is our guest for the next episode. I'm not sure, though. Oh, sweet. Cool. Yeah. That'll be fun. I don't know if I've met her yet anywhere in, in, in the podcast circles. All right. Um, so that's the end. Uh, next time, 
we will be watching uh, episode 12, I believe, uh, Crystal Hawks. You need to include, like, a hawk, like... Yeah, we'll just... No, sound effect. Insert the Stephen Colbert. <laughs> Stephen Colbert, yeah. <laughs> Eagle sound. Eagle sound or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be watching Crystal Hawks, where uh, John Bly will come at Briscoe with weaponized hawks. They'll have a battle of the bands. Yes, and there will be a battle of the bands, too. <laughs> okay, uh, thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us, folks. Be sure to tune in again in two weeks' time for the next exciting episode. In the meantime, please be so kind as to follow along with us and send your feedback to introbrisco at gmail.com. If you'd fancy to, you can join our discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash introbrisco. Also... We're on them newfangled Twitters at IntroBrisco, and we've got one of them fancy blogs at introbrisco.blogspot.ca. You made a fool of me, but the broken dreams have got you.